0: Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Overnight Trainer Podcast. I am so happy you're here. I know there are a lot of new, I was going to say faces, but new ears (laughs) uh, here, so thank you so much. If it's your first time listening or your first couple episodes, I really appreciate you tuning in, and for my OGs who've been listening since the beginning Thank you so much for spending uh, some time for you uh, by listening uh, to this episode today. So very excited that you're here, very excited for uh, the episode that we have today. Um, If you do hear some background noise, it is, um, let's see, the end of July, it's a solid 102 degrees outside here in Austin, and my boyfriend's making chili, you know. <laughs> What's a better way to cool off from the heat than some spicy chili? So he's he's upstairs cooking. I can hear it. I don't know if you can, but um, if you do hear some background noise, uh, that's my boyfriend making uh, chili in the middle of July in the 102 heat. Um, but anyways, uh, back to the show and to business at hand, I do want to take some time to celebrate all the wins that are happening inside the Overnight Trainer Group Coaching Program. We are six weeks in and it is not surprising because I know what can happen in just a very short period of time, but it's it's insane to see all the wins that are happening inside of that program. Uh, last week, so we're talking five weeks in, we had someone given in an incredible job offer uh, making seventy, I think seventy-two percent more than what she's making now. Um, uh, she's doing pretty well now, so I mean, it's pretty pretty spectacular to see that type of pay raise, uh, which is what she's worth. And she knew what her value was. She asked for it. Um, she negotiated the hell out of that offer, and you know, got got what she was what she was worth and an incredible role, essentially leading an L and D department. And again, this is someone who didn't have any corporate. L and D experience before and is now going to lead an LD department inside of an organization. Uh, also inside the group, we have recruiters showing up in LinkedIn inboxes saying, Hey, you would be a great fit for this role. And they really are great roles and great fits for them. So, you know, without even having to apply over and over again, the Opportunities are just coming in to the people inside this group. Uh, We have interviews at companies, at dream companies um, that you could have only imagined about happening inside there. So offers and interviews and just so much success happening. And we still have two full weeks left and anything can happen (laughs) great things can still happen in those two weeks so it's just it's incredible to see the growth that has happened and you know I have people that I work with that have come to me and they've been interviewing for years (laughs) applying for jobs for years Um, and to see what happens when you really rather than spending time Learning a new skill set, which of course is is if you're wanting to learn a new skill set, nothing's wrong with that. But these group of people that came into this program already had what it takes to be in corporate L and D, to design learning, to oversee onboarding, to be responsible for partnerships, whatever it is that they were looking for, they already have the qualifications. What I teach in this program is how to sell them from an L and D lens. Now for me, and I talk about this a lot, having had experience leading L&D at four different organizations, I take the approach from the hiring manager lens. I know what it's like to be an L&D hiring manager. And so I take what I've learned in my experience and really give that to you inside the program to learn how to sell yourself. That's essentially what this program is, is you know, saying, hey, you know you already have the skills, you wanna transition into this, here's how you do it here's how you get recruiters to come to you here's how you get you know how you network for success which is exactly how uh one of the people inside of the the program got that incredible job offer just strictly through networking so it's really looking at defining what your niche is and then people start to come to you um, and say hey i noticed that you talk about this or this is what you do and you really start to embody it and that's how you get this dream job so Like I said, there's two weeks left in this cohort, but I have opened up space for the August cohort. Um, It is already filling up fast, and I leave these cohorts very, very, very small because I provide a lot of one-on-one feedback. So for example, when you're working on your resume, you upload it, I actually do a video, um, video feedback on your resume, make edits for you and all of that. So I keep it incredibly small because it is a very, very, very high touch program for me. And I want to make sure I'm able to give everyone as much as me as much of me as I can. So. With that being said, a couple changes to the new program. I'm so excited that I'm actually gonna open it up two weeks earlier than um, for a two week early, I guess, essentially early access. So rather than eight weeks, you're actually gonna get 10 weeks of the program. The first two weeks, I'll open up the module so you can get started uh, with the early access program. And I'll open up the modules as well as the private LinkedIn members only group that we have. And i will give you an opportunity to really have uh, time to dive into the modules, start to ask questions, you know, really get into the meat. And then we will kick off with a live, our first weekly live session towards the end of August. So that's only a few weeks away. So if you want to, if you're ready to, Get the LD career of your dreams. Um, if you are exhausted from the rat race of constantly applying and applying and applying um, and not getting anything in return, if you really want to nail down what you're meant to be doing in the L&D space, you know, I know that part can be so confusing with so many jobs out there, so many names for positions, you know, who, what's required where, you know, what am I eligible for? What do I actually have the skill set for? This program helps you answer all of those questions. You leave with a brand new resume tailored towards learning and development. Um, that is a, a you know secret formula essentially. <laughs> uh, my clients know exactly what I mean, mean by that. Uh, but really to, to get you noticed and to be able to you know, be able to sell yourself. To, for these roles. So if you are looking for a new career, I know summer is coming to an end. So many of you are you know, ready to get into that new role, um, especially teachers. I have so many teachers in my program uh, who want to get this new role before the school year starts so you're not going back. Um, this is the program for you. And right now I'm offering $500 off and there are payment plans too. So you can do a payment plan, um, you can pay all at once. Uh, I have options for that as well. So please, 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 if you have any questions at all, feel free to message me on LinkedIn, send me a DM. Uh, you can email me hello at theovernighttrainer.com. Um, but if you go to, I'll put the link in the show notes here, um, as well as my, as um, as well as on my LinkedIn. But if you go to theovernighttrainer.com slash work dash with dash me, and scroll down to the Overnight Trainer six-week, or sorry, eight-week program, uh, group coaching program. It'll give you the opportunity to uh, register for it. And you can use code AUGUST500. I think that's it. <laughs> Let me double check here. Uh, I think it's AUGUST500 or 500 August. Let's do this in live time right here. I'm gonna make sure I give you the right code. Yes, it's August 500. So if you use code August 500, uh, you will get $500 off the entire program. That's whether you do the payment plan. That's whether you pay all up front. Um, if you do pay up, pay all up front, you actually get an additional um, a discount on top of everything as well. So you'll see that once you go to to log in. But I know this was a long, <laughs> a long intro, but I wanted to just let you know that. This program is changing lives, and which is exactly what I set out for it to do. And seeing the success happening, which just within six weeks, that can be you as well. So again, any questions, hit me up. You can email me, hello, at the overnight trainer.com. You can always message me on LinkedIn. I am always all up in my DMs, um, at Sarah Canistra. So find me there. Um, so yeah, excited. Come join us. It's amazing. We have such a great time. Uh I think the most beautiful part is too is we came together as strangers and now we have a whole new group of of friends. So if if anything, right, you're leaving with a, you know, a new job and new friends, you really can't can't get much better than that. All right. So on to today's episode. I am so excited to welcome my friend um, and award-winning LD leader, Loc Nguyen, to the show today. So Locke is the director of customer education at BlueScape, and he really, really believes in the intersection of diversity, equity and inclusion, modern customer education and customer success. And I'm so excited to have him on because we really haven't had anyone on to talk about the customer education side of learning and development. So Locke's approach to overcoming LD challenges is a modern one and has deep roots to his service as an officer in the US Air Force. So in addition to his role at Bluescape, Locke is a well known LD leader and featured in my favorite book, Designing for Modern Learning. All right, Locke, welcome to the Overnight Trainer Podcast. How are you today?
1: Doing well. Thanks for having me. Really appreciate it.
0: Yeah, I'm super, super, super excited. Uh, I know we've we've known each other for a while now, and kind of in the same modern L and D circle. And I, ha- it was funny because I remember someone asked me like, "Hey, who should I interview for my podcast?" And I was like, "You should interview Locke." And I was like, "Wait, I haven't interviewed Locke." <laughs> 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 I was like, uh, "I actually need to need to schedule that." <laughs> so I'm so happy you're here, and there's so many topics that I want to cover with you today. Um, but before we do that, I really think it's important to set some context about kind of who you are, what your journey's been to, to really where you are today. So tell us all, everyone who's listening, who is Locke, what do you do, and what's been your journey to get there?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. You know, I, I will always see myself as a kid who was born in Vietnam, who came over you know, during my preschool days to the States, to California, and someone who turned, a kid who turned into an adult who eventually wound up in the military, you know, kind of um, doing something for the country that allowed me to to actually come here and, and live this life. So that's that's like a, a really big part of me, that, that my, my place in the military, my place as a, an Air Force officer. And, and along the way, I've done... Whole bunch of different things. I've taught school. I started off in the corporate world with a, a nice cushy job at Cisco, which I gave up to go to the military um, after 9/11, and then you know I've been in the startup world since then. So, sort of a jack of all trades, maybe maybe a master of none. Who knows? But uh, I've definitely tried to pursue as many dreams as I've been able to through the years, and I, I think that kind of embodies my spirit even today. It's just kind of chasing new things and trying to accomplish as much as I can in this lifetime.
0: I love that. Um, And so you're right now, you are the director of customer education, correct? At Bluescape?
1: Yes. Awesome.
0: And so I wanna take a step back before we move forward into kind of the bigger picture of what we're talking about today, because I've actually never had anyone on the show who specializes in customer education. Uh, so I think it'll be really interesting for people to hear about what that is. So, cause I think it might be new to some people. So if you could tell us like exactly what customer education is and then really the similarities and differences between that and internal L&D.
1: Yeah, I'll, I'll give it my best shot. I mean, I think customer education itself is such a new paradigm that You know, we we all have different definitions as to, you know, what customer education truly is. And, you know, for for me, it's very much a new mental model upon which to focus on customers, but also a way to focus on the internal employees that are a part of an organization that are building products as well. And so, you know, I'd have to say that customer education itself is somewhat of a misnomer to begin with, because what we do on our team at Bluescape is we we obviously are in it to help our customers succeed and to meet them wherever they happen to be with content, with learning assets, with learning experiences. But we do the exact same thing for our employees because before they can go out and talk to their own customers and to talk to the general public. They have to know how to use a product well. They have to know about the new features that are available. So it's very much a almost like a combination of traditional LD with customer success that's kind of all blended up and now termed customer education.
0: That's so interesting. I really, I really love how you pointed out to of you know customer education really is kind of nothing without educating the internal people Mm -hmm. who are, (laughs) who are then serving the customers, right? Because if their customers don't know where to go or don't have that, you know, that relationship, it's really difficult for them to utilize the product to know where to go versus if you've educated the people inside the organization on how to educate people outside the Mm -hmm. organization, you know, it really is, kind of that two-prong approach that, you know, without one, you really can't have the other. So it's really interesting to hear that perspective.
1: Yeah, and we, over the course of the last three or so years, we've actually seen a huge demand from within Bluescape for content, for training opportunities, for new experiences, for videography. I mean, they're asking for themselves so that they can be familiar with all the features that we're shipping um, but also, you know, they, they want to be informed as to how to address uh, everyone else out there. And so we started to realize that we sort of live uh, with our feet on both sides of the, the the playing field, right? We're always working on LD type of activities, always trying to help our employees. and at the same time, we're always trying to help prospects and customers. So, it's turned out to be a pretty heavy lift because, you know, we we started off thinking that our customers were our customer base, not not thinking that we have so many more customers per se um, from within. So it's been really cool.
0: Yeah, that's so interesting to hear about that. Of just like setting out with one goal, but then realizing, hey, there's actually this hunger within the organization mm-hmm. to know, also to know like what we're telling the customers, what we're educating the customers on, and do do you find that your material goes both ways that you know the learning that you're creating for customers is the same learning that's being consumed internally
1: yeah i mean we some of our content has just happened to work that way and so we've been blessed to to have content that we don't need to augment in order for it to be effective and other times we we find ourselves having to customize slightly for the the diverse learning needs of customers and prospects versus um, BlueScape employees. Um, but something that's really evolved over the, the, the time that we've spent building this program is the fact that we we've set this new goal for ourselves when we produce content, when pr- we produce learning assets, in that we want to provide multi purposed content. Um, that's it's sort of been out of necessity because we can only we can only ship so much content each week we needed it to to work for everyone so we really revamped the way we think about learning content and that goes for written content as well as videography as well as just kind of visuals that we provide so anything and everything that we ship we try to make sure that it's going to be applicable it's going to be valuable for everyone and it doesn't always work out that way, but I think it's a, it's a good benchmark to have, you know, it's a, it's something to work towards for sure.
0: Totally. It's like nerd out for a second on learning cluster design and the audience mm-hmm. knows how much I love it. Cause I talk about it pretty much every episode. Um, but it's almost like thinking about it from the persona perspective, right? Where, you're looking and saying, oh, wow, these two personas, actually this one piece of content could actually be beneficial you know, for, for both of them, even though they're doing different things or have different outcomes, this, this piece actually is could totally work for both of them.
1: Yeah, and to kind of take that a step further, because I totally nerd out on LCD uh, methodologies as well. Um, so, you know, you have your cluster, so you've built all these different assets to cover a specific topic. But then uh, we're getting to the point where, let's take video, for example. We're building video content alongside everything else for a topic and then diversifying the video assets as well. So short form, long form um, v- videos with a-, a talking head, videos without a talking head and trying to see if we can produce as much content as possible so that we're meeting everybody's needs in addition to already meeting their needs with diverse assets and clustered uh, learning assets as well.
0: I love that. And I think that's like the beauty too of the of the LCD model because it's like, I, I always find that it, like it can like expand and come back together, right. Where it's like, when you need, when you need more assets, it can, when you need less and like, I can take this asset from this cluster over here and bring it to this one over there. Um, so I always find that, I find that especially interesting in and in kind of thinking about it too, in terms of customer education and as well as internal L of being able to say, all right, let me take, you know, this, these five assets from this learning cluster and kind of bring it over here to this one and, and kind of, almost make it interchangeable and, and mix and match almost.
1: Yeah. That's the beauty of it. That's, I think that's where the art comes in. Um, but it's also where I find the most barriers when I'm talking to, to folks or when I'm responding to requests. Uh, you know, there's certain people who say, well, just give me a 15 minute video, I'll send it to the customer and they'll be satisfied. And we're like, no, they won't. Who's going to sit down and watch a 15 minute video these days. We have to break it up into pieces and make it modular and and have a landing page for it so they can access it. And and so kind of taking that more modern approach has sometimes been difficult just because of the traditional ways of the past. And because folks just aren't completely aware of of how we do things and how we wanna do things. So um, it's always a bit of a struggle trying to not give in and, and, and maintaining this belief that yes, taking this approach is the way forward it's the modern way of learning and and that's how we want to do things.
0: I love that. And that kind of brings me to to a question that I I do have prepared. None of this has been prepared that we've talked about, (laughs) Um, but you know, on your LinkedIn profile, something that really, really stood out to me was you talk about tackling goals and obstacles through what you call modern flanking maneuvers. So I feel like this is really in line with what we're just talking about. So what do you mean by that? Is is that something that you learned from your time in the Air
1: Force? It is, you know, so I was an air battle manager in the Air Force. So we were a part of an air crew and we had to figure out ways to solve problems. And and sometimes a solution is not the most direct solution, right? Just because let's say there's an enemy aircraft out there doesn't mean you're going to send someone with a missile and shoot down that aircraft. That's just one way to solve that problem. So I think when it comes to customer education, when someone raises their hand and says, Hey, I need to learn how to do this within the product. It doesn't mean you're going to automatically schedule a 30 minute zoom session and walk them through it. Um, It could be a variety of so many different things, you know, sending them a short video and then having a conversation or sending them a knowledge based article followed by a video. There's so many ways you can combine your assets to find and to produce the proper solution. So, you know, to me, a modern flanking maneuver is let's just take a look at this problem and let's see how we can attack it sideways or from behind or from the front. Like we don't have to come up with quote-unquote ultimate learning solution because there isn't one so what we should be doing is figuring out what the customer or the, the person themselves themselves needs and then figuring out how we can leverage all of that diverse assets that we have in order to achieve that that goal of you know, putting them in in a better position to learn and to be knowledgeable about the product
0: i love that That really i mean leads into the next question you kind of already answered it but you know, thinking about your your specific Air Force experience, I listened to a um, actually an interview you have at Learning Cluster Design about how that experience shaped your leadership ability, abilities. And I want to talk about that. But before we get in, ter- in talking to it in terms of leadership, how did your time in the military really shape you in terms of how you think about designing learning? And you kind of already talked about it of like, not facing it head on, might be from the side or from the back, but how else did that really help shape you when you think about the ways that you design learning?
1: Well, I during my time in the Air Force, I was a product of PowerPoint training, right? Everything was a PowerPoint presentation, Um, everything. We had sometimes three hours worth of just PowerPoint slides, like decks that are in the hundreds. Um, And so I learned not to do that. When it was my turn <laughs> to educate people, I mean it was effective because that's just the ha- that's just how we learned, so we had no other choice. So we just had to somehow consume that information. Um, so that's something I, I tr- really try to avoid these days with without learning content. but on the opposite side of the the coin, what I learned was that when there's somebody there with you who is helping you who's evaluating you who's providing feedback it it just helps you learn so much faster um and I, i think that's you know given a magic wand i would probably do that with every single person that we run into you know to have that that almost like instructor that's on the side next to you always encouraging you always giving you advice always critiquing you making sure you're doing the right things and and so I mean, a large part of our, our training when it comes to aviation in the military or in the Air Force at least is done through one-on-one type of training scenarios like that or, you know, at least not one to many. Um, so that that's something that I try to replicate via the content that we have. You know, given the fact that we have thousands of customers, we're not going to be able to interact with everyone, but we do want to give them that sense of, support, you know, that sense of almost like encouragement, hey, we're here for you. If you need something, try this. If you need something else, try that. We're not going to give up until we finally get you to where you want to be. And and I I think thinking of learning in the sense that, hey, if you don't learn this, it's going to be detrimental to your work or to your career, you know, thinking about learning to that extent, making it be that important uh, and really, really helps the team understand the things that they're trying to do because it elevates their work. It elevates, it elevates them as professionals, you know, as learning professionals. And I, I like that. I like giving them that confidence. And so it's it's proven to be uh, fairly effective. And so I, I don't see that going away. I don't see that military experience leaving, uh, leaving me in terms of you know the person that I am and how I attack customer education whatsoever.
0: I think that's great. One thing I, I heard that you say that I really loved was like, yeah, there's that one-on-one experience, right? And like nothing can necessarily replicate that, but you can also design learning in a sense that the same feeling happens, right? So yes, right. To your thousands of customers. You can't be there one-on-one, but the same feeling of support, right? Like what, what do we get from one-on-one? We really get a feeling of support and that we're being mm-hmm. taken care of and that there we know exactly who to go to for problems. And so and the list goes on and on about the benefits. And so really looking at that and saying, yes, we can't be there one-on-one for thousands of people. We would need to have thousands of people working mm-hmm. here in this team. But how do we replicate that feeling and that emotion? So I thought that's really a really cool takeaway to think about it almost as like the end with, how do we get the same end result? It might be a different way of getting there, but we still want people to feel the same way as they do when they're getting one-on-one experiences.
1: Yeah. And that's, that's, you know, that's the ultimate goal. And I don't know if that's going to be fully achievable, but, you know, it, it bothers me when I see training sessions that involve, one person just talking to a group of 20 or 30 and there there's no feedback loop there's no interaction it's just it's so centered on the facilitator and not focused on the learner that it's just that's the exact opposite of what I want people to feel when they interact with us and I know it's hard and I know it takes a lot more work and effort even through the preparation phases to get that type of content created but Ultimately, I think that's what we have to do these days in order to, you know, in order to address the masses, essentially.
0: For sure. I think, you know, it's interesting, too, yeah. it, def- it definitely does take more time and effort up front. But I, what I find is that the more like the more effort you put up front, the less you have to redo on the back end, right? The longer yeah. that actually ends up lasting for you, too. Yeah. So it almost be- ends up being a net zero or you're even positive on time that you're getting back because know, future self is thanking current self for going in and doing that, doing that work and doing it now. And, um, you know, I think people begrudgingly are like, Oh, you know, I don't have the time or the energy and the bandwidth to do it. But it's like, how much time, energy and bandwidth do you have to redo this again in three months, six months, nine months, and constantly be in that evolution loop. Whereas you can say, Hey, I really put in the effort for this created this. And this is hopefully, you know, going to be a little bit longer lasting than some of those other things we're putting together as a, a one and done, hoping to blanket and cover, you know, all of the audience.
1: Yeah. And I, I noticed even with myself, you know, there's a tendency to to take a deck and say, I've, I've memorized these 50 slides, you know, I can do this in my sleep. So I'm just going to do it over and over and over again. And, and that, to me, that was, or might still be the, the current form of quote unquote training. And it's, it's easy because once you've done it a couple of times, you can just replicate the process, just kind of go through it. It makes life easier. Um, so it's, it's hard to switch over to this modern mentality where, you know, like you said, we're spending a lot of time preparing and thinking and wondering, you know, how we can do this better, how we can make it last longer? How can we make it stand a test of time? So that takes that mental effort, you know, that you got to really be into working through all these difficult phases in order to achieve the final product versus trying to take the easier route.
0: Yeah. I find it too, from like a modern learning approach that you actually, it's almost ends up being the exact same time when you think about it. It's just that you're spending more time preparing and less time actually developing because Mm -hmm. when you have that modern mentality, when you have the traditional mentality, right, you're always developing a long e-learning or a long video or a live, you know, thousand page, you know, deck, right? Mm -hmm. And those are all really time consuming. But when you have the more modern mentality where it's like, hey, I'm actually setting up a Slack channel or I'm writing this job aid or, you know, I'm inserting this image that like I really when you start to think about it, those things end up being a lot the, the design and the development actually end up being a lot lower, heavy, less heavy of a lift um, when you really put the preparation in. But when when you're not able to or you're just told make this deck, well yeah, that takes a lot of time. And so you know and constantly redoing it takes time too. So it's yeah. you know I think at the end of the day all the time really uh, you know really evens out except for when you take that modern approach, you're really saving a lot more time for you and for your learners mm-hmm, right? mm-hmm. they're not having to sit through you know several hours or you know go through this again in three months because they didn't actually learn it the first time so i find you know it's, it's all a uh, kind of like where are you shifting your energy because it's just a shift you're not really necessarily taking time time away from yeah. it yeah
1: yeah
0: i love that so i want to talk um a little bit more about you know, like i said because i I listened to that interview that you had about you know, the Air Force really shaping you as an LD leader. So thinking about the Air Force experience that you had, what did you take from the military into your learning career post-military? And more kind of, I guess, a bigger picture question is like, how did it shape you as a modern L and D leader?
1: I think the the biggest sort of influence for me as it pertains to LND is, is the, the development of a person, just the taking someone who is relatively new to someone and, and building that person up and allowing that person to grow, to allowing yourself to be that leader, allowing just allowing for growth and and being okay with people having to grow is something that's been really powerful me, powerful for me within the startup environment. Because even when I started off in the startup world, there was this this anxiety that was always there. Like, I don't, I don't know as much as this next person. How am I ever going to understand what these people are saying? Because they're speaking with all these acronyms. I don't even understand, you know, half of it. And so there's this this pressure this anxiety that you have within yourself, like, to, to learn faster than you can even learn. Uh, and, And you don't give yourself, you don't give yourself that time and the space to develop. And so when I think back on my military days, like, it took years for me to even get into an airplane to be part of an air crew, it wasn't like, they don't give you a flight suit on your first day and say, here, have at it, you know, so why should it be any different with someone who's new to a product or someone who's new to a company or new to the startup world? They that person should have the opportunity to grow and to internalize information and to become a better person day by day. And so that's how we've built the team is we've we've taken people who don't necessarily have all the skills and we've been okay with that. We just we take that as an opportunity to build them up and to be make them better leaders. And in doing so they kind of take that experience and then build other people into leaders. And so you're paying it forward and the cycle continues and the the more time you have with your team, the more they're able to affect other people. And so I see it as, as almost, you know, like a tree kind of flourishing over time and that tree having the, the space and the air and the water to grow versus being forced to, to grow.
0: What an amazing analogy. And I really love the point that you made too, of like, no one gave you a flight through on your first day and said, okay, go fly the plane. <laughs> like, yeah. do that. And we have such high expectations. I was just, I interviewed, actually it'll be the episode that comes out right before uh, this one that we're recording right now with uh, Dr. Lynn Johnson. And she's a DEI specialist, uh, as well as an LD specialist. And so we talk about Thank the intersectionality you. between DEI and l and she's also a college professor. And we were talking about the struggle of, you know, people graduating and get them getting hired into new positions and the expectation that they just mm-hmm. poof, magically have all of these skills and, you know, thinking about it in terms of what you're saying of like, from a, a leader standpoint, right. Being able to come into an organization and say, Hey, you know, I might not be, you know, I think even talking about like what we're looking for in people, right? Like, hey, mm-hmm. I know that if I hire someone with X, Y, Z skills, well, they may not know A, B and C, but they have X, Y and Z and I can teach them A, B and C. And then they can go teach someone else A, B and C. And so I think it's so important to, to have that mentality that no one's ever coming to the company 100% ready to go. Like it doesn't even matter if you've worked there before, you know, if you've interned there, if you know someone, no one's ever you know ready for their flight suit on day one. So how do we you know, keep that in mind and not have those expectations? Because when we put those expectations on new hires or on people in the organization, you know, it ultimately sets them up for failure. And that's mm-hmm. not what we're what what l and d is is about in the first place. I thought it's a really interesting. Analogy, and I love the tree. You know, visualizing that of you need all of those things: the space, the water, the sun. You need all of that to grow. And you know, I think orga- thinking about it organizationally, like the organization needs to provide the space for that as well.
1: Yeah, and I think that's why I'm so interested in the L and D aspects of customer education because, in, in many ways, if you take a brand new customer and you see them as as someone who needs to grow and develop within the, the product, then, you know, you're giving that person a chance to become that product expert, um, as opposed to sending them a, you know, a 50 page manual and saying, Hey, read this, you'll, you're going to be an expert in no time that, that just doesn't seem to work. And, and so, so long as I can prevent that from happening, I'd love to take this opposite approach and, and try to grow and develop folks as much as possible.
0: And also too, from the customer education standpoint, it almost allows you to evangelize customers too, because once they're super familiar with their product, they feel really confident using it they're That's going to be the first thing they recommend to another colleague or someone at another company. And they say, Hey, what product are you using for X, Y, and Z? Well, you know, bluesgate might be the first thing that comes to mind, you know, because they. They have this this great customer education uh, platform. And so I think it's also a really smart marketing play, you know, because if you think about it, if there's tons of software that I have, I was doing my accounting earlier today and I'm paying for things I don't even use because I don't really know how to use them and there's not really good education on it. And so I, I wouldn't recommend that to someone because I... There's I really don't know how to use it. So I wouldn't be able to give a, a glowing review. However, mm-hmm. there are things I use every single day that have ha- there's great customer service and there's great customer education that I'm like, yes, use this, you know, and evangelizing that too. So it's a really smart marketing play to have great customer education and thinking of the customer from an uh, onboarding perspective of how do I give them the opportunity to grow and learn and become an expert. So I think that's such a great added benefit to that too.
1: Yeah, that's so on point. I mean, we've become a huge part of our marketing initiative, um, part of the sales team, sales enablement, partner enablement. I mean, I think that's a whole different dimension to customer education that folks don't necessarily think about because they're they're usually equating customer education to training, which is partially true, but there's so much more to it. And so many so many more benefits that can come out of a strong customer education team that really encompasses the entire organization
0: yeah i mean it's it's almost like the key to success <laughs> like you know yeah. it's like the the key to talking about that tree analogy right i'm a sick day on that for a minute it's just like without that the tree is stunted that like it can only grow so much but you think kind of thinking about it like organizationally that the more you're involved in kind of in these different pieces the more it's able to grow and you know it's but it's really such a key factor in the organization being able to grow is educating the customers who are using the product and without the customers there is no no company right so it's it's so, so great to see like like this role that you have and this team that you have you know serving such a large purpose within the organization and helping the organization grow
1: yeah it it is good to see and it's my hope that I can help evangelize this and help executives and leaders understand how much customer education can contribute to an organization. you know everything from l and d all the way through sales and marketing we play in all these different um, uh verticals, all these different functions within the the organization and it's um it's it's powerful for sure. Uh, and it's only getting started, you know. Customer education as a concept is fairly new, so who knows where it's it's going to head? But I, I do hope that, just like customer success took hold within the software world, I hope customer education really takes hold as well.
0: Well, hopefully, after listening to this episode, everyone will want to have customer.
1: Right? <laughs>
0: <laughs> like Lock sold us on it. We all need to have it.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the hope.
0: Yeah. So what would you say your advice would be to someone who has military experience on how they can sell, air quotes, uh, themselves into transitioning into the world of L&D or customer education? You know, I have a quite a few uh, veteran clients and they struggle with translating their military experience into L&D experience. So I'd love to hear what your advice is on that.
1: Yeah, i thought about this a lot because when I left the military and when I started trying to get into the startup world, nobody wanted to talk to me. Nobody did. No one replied. No one wanted to have a conversation. And this was, you know, after eight and a half years as, as a leader and an officer, a master's degree, like experienced teaching, all this combined didn't make much sense to folks because all they saw was, oh, he's a military guy. So what, what could he do to contribute to our organization? So I've, I've walked that path and it was not a enjoyable path to walk. And so my, my advice to someone in that same predicament would be to, first of all, be super humble and to, you got to check your ego. Uh, you, you can't take the customs and courtesies that the military gave you and think that you're going to get those same customs and courtesies outside of the military. Because, you know, for officers, when you walk up to someone who is lower ranking and you speak to them, even if it's at their desk, they stand up to talk to you. They stand up to address you because it's a custom and courtesy. They salute you at the gate. They salute you when you're walking around the base and and so you you live your life that way you know and then you all of a sudden you have to give it up and you enter the software world or wherever else you're going to work you're not going to get any of that and you can't you can't be upset at that you know you can't be affected by that change by by those dynamics that aren't there anymore and you just have to you have to give yourself time you have to be patient with with your life and with the transition. And I think that's the hardest part is there's an urgency to go out there after the military and and get a job right away to, you know, you gotta, you have insurance, you have bills to pay, you have money to make to to pay for, for your lives. And and so it's hard to be patient, but to me, it's almost the only way to achieve what you want to achieve is you have to be patient. You have to be humble. And you have to keep on just, just pushing, just talking to folks, networking, um, hopefully meeting the right people. And one of the things that is so valuable to me today that I didn't have you for is my network, you know, connecting with people like you, like it's so valuable to have that person or, or those people out there that, that can just, that you can just bounce ideas off of or seek advice from and If you can build that before you leave the military, that'd be super great. But if you can't, you've got to give yourself time for that to happen. You've got to let that happen organically. Uh, You've got to work hard to meet new people and talk to folks. And it's probably not not a turnkey solution, but to me, like building relationships and and giving myself years of time to grow and, and to find the right people and to find the right place to be. That that's that was the, the solution for me, um, and it was a multi-year sort of effort to get to 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 that time in that place.
0: That's great. I mean, I think uh, that's a really great piece of advice too. Of you know, if you can start networking now, mm-hmm. you know, really it, create that network. I see the a majority of my clients get their new incredible jobs because of their network. Yeah. Um, very few are getting it because they're just straight up applying and going through the process. Um, some do very successfully. I have a client who's just like always getting job interviews from, from applying. And I'm like, I, I'm glad I created your, your resume. I can take a little bit, a little bit of credit for that, but it's, you know, it, it's a, I always tell her, you know you're the exception to the rule um, mm-hmm. in that case, because so many people are are getting those next great opportunities because of their Network, whether it's a, a close acquaintance, whether it's someone they know really well, um, whether it's a connection of another connection. Um, so I think that advice of really focusing on that network and you know the sooner you can create it organically, of course, right? We're not trying to have, like clickbait and mm-hmm, know, get mm-hmm. get a thousand followers overnight, but you know the sooner you can work on organically starting to create that, the better. So I love I love that piece of advice. So it leads me to my last question for you, and I'm asking all of my uh, guests. What are you learning right now?
1: Right. So, right now, we just hired a third videographer for our video team, and we're building our, the second iteration of our studio, our film studio. So, I am deep into learning more about videography because when we started this whole customer education program, I knew nothing about how to create a video. Uh, and so, we're looking into hardware. I'm trying to learn about different types of lighting and um, you know, video cameras, software. So that, that's been a huge focus for me uh, because I totally believe in the inter- intersection of videography and learning. I think, I think that intersection is really powerful and I wanna leverage that to the extent possible. Um, so I've sort of, I've tried to trigger my creative side Uh, I'm not that creative as as a person, but uh, I'm trying to lean into that and learning about all that because I know that's going to play very well into the bigger picture goals of customer education moving forward. I mean, at BlueScape for sure, but also, you know, anywhere else that I happen to be in the future.
0: That's awesome. Uh, So I know people are going to want to find you, learn more about you, uh, connect with you. So where can people find you in order to connect with you?
1: I would say LinkedIn is the best bet. I've met so many people through LinkedIn, people from different sides of the world that I've been talking to, and and so yeah, let's let's connect on LinkedIn. Um, send me messages, reply to my posts, whatever the case may be. I'm happy to connect with anyone and everyone who's interested in talking shop.
0: Awesome. Well, I'm sure you'll get get quite get hit up quite a bit after this, um, but I. I feel like we could talk forever and I really appreciate you coming on the show today and talking a little bit more, not only about customer education, but your, your military experience. There's so many people, I think right now who are just transitioning careers in general, you know, and a lot of people are looking into the world, the wide world of L and D, right. It's not just traditional, what you imagine of like onboarding new hires. It's so much can be so much bigger than that. And so, now, thank you not only for you know your service in the, the L and D world, but your service to our country and you know everything that you've done done for us. So thank you for being on the show today. It's been awesome.
1: Yeah, I really appreciate it and, and really appreciate the opportunity to speak to the, the veterans out there because it is a difficult road. And just if you're a veteran, just just keep going. Um, there's a place for all of us outside of the military. We just have to give ourselves a time and a space to. To find that place,
0: and they have you to look at as an example who's walked That's that right. path. Thank you so much.
1: Awesome, thanks, Sarah. Appreciate it.
0: Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If it resonated with you in any way, please let me know by subscribing, liking, and leaving a review. I'd love to hear from you on how you're using these tools, as well as what you want to hear more of. So connect with me on LinkedIn at Sarah Canistra, send me a DM, or email me at hello at the overnight trainer.com. I can't wait to hear from you. And until next week, stay learning.